Uh, our next guest, hoping uh, many other guys uh, will be able to play their contracts out and uh, maybe delayed training camp a day or two. That's best-case scenario. Worst is uh, who knows how long it goes. The CFL and the CFLPA are currently negotiating, trying to get a new CBA. Uh, one of the guys uh, heading that up, a former CFL player, recently retired. He is now the president of the CFLPA. Scott Flory joins us. Scott, how are you? Good, Jason. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Scott. Now, in the past, uh, what? Because I know you are a CFLPA rep. Uh, were you ever this heavily involved in the negotiations in previous years for the CBA? Um, the last time I was as an executive, but um, so I was involved, but not as hands-on as I am right now in the president's role. No. So, what what is the biggest difference in your mind between this negotiation to previous ones? Well, the last time the league came to us, and we had a provision in there. Um, prior to the last agreement where there's a, a defined gross revenue, 56% of defined gross revenue had to be paid out to the players. And and it was never, the cap was always set in a, in a position where it was never paid, where the league never generated revenues enough above that, um, that where it had to be paid. Okay. And the last the last agreement that came to us said, uh, you know, we just, we can't do this, uh, even though it was never paid out, um, where that um, the revenues weren't there and they, they had to take it out. And we said to them, um, because of concessions and all this, uh, everything that happened in the past, we, where we said to them, fine, we, we'll give you a four-year window. Uh, do what you want, make as much money as you want. Uh, but at the end of the day, as the product gets better, as the players uh, get get better and the product in the field is better, that we want to, to share in the successes of what's going on. And, and you know, we're going to be looking to get that back. And now we're here today, and they, they do not want to discuss any option of, of sharing uh, of any revenue. And what we're talking about is a, is a cap here. And what we're looking for is a cap that's tied to revenue. It's a system that works in every other major professional sports in, in North America. Uh, it's not an unrealistic system. We even took out many streams of revenue out of our proposal. And uh, also our proposal excludes the high and the low teams. So it takes out the, high, the outliers like Saskatchewan and takes out the low. So it finds a realistic average of what's going on of these seven remaining teams. And um, it, it ties the cap. Now, it's not what they have to spend. It's what they can spend, too. And it ties that to revenue. And it's, it's, not a, it's not a foreign model. It's something that's already in place and very successfully run in other businesses and other leagues. So, Scott, when, when you look at this, the negotiations, you know, I've, having hosted this show for over a decade now, I've seen a lot of lockouts in the NHL. And, in, you know, we saw the NFL for a while. So this is nothing necessarily new. What's your gut instinct? To how far apart do you think the two sides are? Do you think this is something that could be rectified without losing any actual regular season games? You know, I'm not too sure. It's it's disappointing where it's come, especially in the last two days, given the fact that, um, you know, they, they walked away from the table and had that uh, immediate media blitz, uh, literally as we five minutes after we walked out of the room. So, you know, it's disappointing that the, the league felt that they had to do what they had to do because uh, at the end of the day, we, th we felt that yesterday was going to be actual first negotiations because we were never received any financial information up until the weekend. So we actually thought that we, we were given the financial information. We put together a proposal and we thought we were going to sit down an, an actual negotiation, um, but that hasn't taken place. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate and, you know, we thought uh, we're ready to meet. Uh, we've always stated that right from the beginning, but uh, they don't seem willing to, to discuss any type of model. Scott Flory, the president of the CFLPA, joins us. I, I noticed, Scott, now, I think it was you who had mentioned Mark Cohan. Like, you got, have you guys sat down and had face-to-face -face negotiations? 
Oh, Mark Cohan is not in the room with us uh, when okay. we're negotiating. He, he hasn't been. Uh, is that surprising to you? Would you think that would make things easier? Should the commissioner be involved? Uh, they are in a lot of other sports. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's the decision that they made and that he made to not be a part of the process. Um, you know, I'm not too sure why. That's something that they'd have to answer. So for a lot of the CFL fans, Scott, the, you know, the current uh, salary cap is $4.4 million, right? Uh, everybody, now, Doug Brown had reported that uh, in the new TV deal, and, and I'd ask if you can confirm this numbers, that it's about $2.7 million per team that they will generate from this TV deal. Is that number fairly accurate? The, according to yeah, what we know, absolutely, that is uh, fairly accurate. And that, that where each team is going to receive an extra $2.7 million in revenue from, uh, from the league. Uh, with the, the TV deal uh, more than doubled. And what what you see is our proposal. And our proposal is about this, the structure that I talked about. And it also, you know, what we're, pro- what we're proposing, the numbers tell us is that it's a $1.8 million raise. So they're, they're, each team is getting an extra 2.7. Um, and now we're only, what the numbers are dictating is that it's a 1.8 raise. And that's, that's uh, you know, and that's up for negotiations, but they don't want to negotiate. So it's, you know, the, the comments that are made that uh, it's going to set us back and turn to the dark ages and uh, it's going to set the whole league back and bankrupt everything, it's, it makes no sense because there's still $900,000 that we aren't even asking for that each team is going to get on top of that as pure profit. So um, those those sentiments are, uh, you know, are, are ridiculous and and, you know, we want to sit down and negotiate, and they don't seem willing to do that. So, Scott, what is the uh, plan? Is is Do you foresee this being a strike or a lockout come June 1st? I don't know where it's going to go, um, to be honest with you. We set the ballots out um, for guys because, you know, when, when we're there and we're asked to negotiate, and for two and a half, three months we've been asking for financials, um, and then we're finally provided them on the weekend, only through the efforts of a government-appointed conciliation officer, it we haven't actually sat down and negotiated anything financially. We've been able to talk about other issues and other things that are going on um, with the uh, with the with the collective agreement. But to sit there and then to out, after we finally get an opportunity to see the financials, put a proposal in place, and immediately uh, be rejected and, and uh, succumb to this media blitz, it's it's disheartening the the path that they've taken. To be honest with you, Scott Flory, president of CFLPA, joins us. When Mark Cohan sent out that uh, letter that, of course, went to every player and then obviously was leaked to the uh, to the media, the CFL has always, you know, I've never seen uh, the negotiations ever be public before, Scott. Why do you think it became public this time? That's a, that's a great question because we had an agreement where uh, 24 hours notice was to be provided prior to making any public statements. And they uh, they already broke that and, and decided to, to go public themselves and um you know, it took us by surprise because we uh, we assumed we had an agreement, and and they decided to go public with it. I don't know why, um, whether they feel that we weren't informing our members, uh, which is not the case because our player reps and our players are informed, and we our player reps do an amazing job of contacting all these guys and keeping them abreast of what's going on. So, Scott, when, when would the vote occur? Well, the the I'll let our you know our lawyers uh, at most at our legal counsel speak speak to that. I do know that the the provincial labor laws in Alberta are a little bit different that you can't actually vote until uh, until the ex- expiration of the collective agreement. But mm-hmm. uh, Ed touched on that yesterday at our at, uh, at our press conference. And, you know, I think that to think that guys aren't engaged and that guys don't see and understand uh, what's going on is, is total mis- uh, you know, a mischaracterization, misrepresentation. Because yesterday, 
you know, after the we broke off, uh, you know, the public statements went out, our guys literally made a couple phone calls, and within an hour or so, we had uh, 20 guys, high-profile guys covering every team in this league behind our back at that press conference. So if guys are, if they think guys aren't engaged and guys don't care, um, they're mistaken. When you look at uh, this plan, Scott, outside of money, is, is there anything else uh, you guys would like different in this CBA that wasn't there last time? You know, we, we've talked a lot about uh, about player safety, and, and it's been a, a real uh, reluctant uh, change on their part to, you know, we, we over after years and years and years, we finally got the training camp changed last year, and then uh, we want to reduce the amount of contact. And again, following the NFL model of one, con- one contact practice uh, per week, and, you know, they, they've come back with, with one plus an extra 10 practices, and and given the uh, first off the, the nightmare of trying to regulate that, but also you know, the, the prospect of short weeks where you can't do it, it still you know it still leads us down the road of, of, of padded practices, uh, multiple padded practices a week. And we want to protect our guys not only now but into the future. Um, little things like the an independent neurologist on the sidelines, the, the right to seek a second opinion, um, things like this are, are important to our guys for now and for tomorrow and for the growth of the game. And our guys need to be protected. So, an independent neurologist on the sidelines during each game. Yeah, that's uh, that's what we're seeing. with the as you well know. I mean, the concussion research and everything that's going on in in, in sports is that we want to make sure that guys have uh, uh, have that ability to seek a second opinion or have an independent person there who who isn't tied to anything. And and I think it's just. To, to us, it's it's not a it's not a huge ask, but yet it's being met, met with resistance, and and it's 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 pretty typical of the way the negotiations have gone. To be honest with you, the end of, now, Scott, um, people will wonder: an independent neurologist is, is there concerns that if it's a team doctor, that maybe they're influenced by the team to make guys get back in the field? Uh, I no, I'm, we're not saying that. What, what we're saying is we have. Uh, I, I can speak to the situation in Montreal. And our team doctors are amazing, and they do a great job. And there's there's a relationship there. Um, that doesn't mean that somebody isn't allowed to have uh, a second opinion or have people watching what's going on. So we don't get into situations where guys, where maybe it's passed up or guys, uh, people don't see a hit and, and maybe a guy doesn't feel comfortable. Um, there's a lot of situations where our, our players just want to be protected, and that's that's the bottom line is what we're talking about. Um, but the real the real issue here is is about um, sharing in the growth of the game and. And our proposal is not only sharing in the growth, but the potential uh, failures of what's gone on. So if revenues go down, our, the salary cap will go down. And, you know, our guys, is, the reason the revenues are going up and continue to rise, the reason there isn't this TV deal is because of the product on the field. People don't go to games to watch a boring product, a non-entertaining product. People don't watch it at home. Um, and the fans are generating that revenue because of the product on the field. And all the players are saying, all we are saying is just we want to share in that. That's all we want. We're not asking. We don't have unrealistic demands. We're not. We're not looking to bankrupt or to to close anything down to end our jobs. Not at all. But there has to be a partnership there, um, and there has to be some kind of connection there. Scott, having played in the league for for a long time, uh, you know now year-round trainings become you know pretty much the norm. I know there are a lot of guys who kind of have part-time jobs even during the season a little bit. A lot of teachers and different things like that. Is it becoming harder? Uh, to maintain a part-time job for players now just due to the uh, um, the necessary workout regime required to stay in the league? 
Absolutely. As you can tell, the, as you well know, the athlete has changed over the years. I mean, this is a, a constant with the extra competition. It's a constant battle for guys to stay at their peak performance, and they have to be. And you can see that uh, the product in the field keeps getting better and better and better because guys are committed to this year-round. And I think that it's time to uh, turn this league into uh, give it a, an opportunity to take a big leap forward with professionalism. Um, you know, because it is a little bit, I mean, I think Marwan Hage spoke to this yesterday in, in our press conference. It's a little bit backwards league where, you know, the, the players aren't, aren't the, the ones who are necessarily compensated as well as other, uh, as well as the coaches and GMs and other management personnel. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's odd to us and it's troubling to players in that there is no regulation on any other form of their business other than on the players. There is no cap for management. There is no cap for coaches. And where the only place where they decide to regulate salaries is on the player side of things and for us for our guys uh, it's it's that's a hard one to swallow we just don't understand it scott uh, any idea when the next negotiations planned no uh, the last uh, as they got up and walked out we actually uh, on our at our meeting yesterday before it was uh, ended before they walked out is we actually put together another idea for them and they said they'll advise so uh, we'll, i guess we're just waiting to hear to get back from from them Scott, I appreciate this. Uh, we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate it.